You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to We're Listening to Podcast, a community where all voices are heard. I'm your host, Rob Cook. Join me for a lighthearted show about the human experience with live conversations, discussions, and interviews of some of the newest to the most established 3P practitioners from all over the world. So no matter if you've known the three principles for years or you're new to Daily Insights, we hope each episode will inspire you to demonstrate a community where all voices are heard. Welcome to today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, you are in for a treat today. We're going all the way across the water to Farsgate, London with my man Omar Wilson from Beyond Recovery. What's up, my guy? What's up, little Rob? How you doing, man? I'm all good, you know. I'm all good. I'm just relaxed, calm, just been chilling, reading all day. So, yeah, I'm just relaxed, man. Man, I'm going to tell you this. Uh, I think I've never been more jealous on my (laughs) own show than interviewing you and Derek with that damn UK swag, tone, demeanor. You know, coming on the show sounded like Idris Elba or somebody. Like, man, why don't y'all going on somewhere with that man like you know coming in all smooth tone and stuff man you you know shout out my guy Derek Mason oh, man. <laughs> so for real man what's going on man what I mean beyond recovery is doing a lot so let me let me kind of shape it let's start just with with Omar at the beginning right let's just let's just tell the story we'll start with Omar at the beginning and kind of walk me through um, coming in contact with the principles and then now. And we'll, we'll go from there, man. But yeah. Let's... So uh, let me build the image for you a little bit. So from a young age, I was diagnosed with ADHD and dyslexia. Okay. So ADHD is just like hyperactivity and dyslexia is like learning difficulties, numbers and letters and all of that. So with that ahead, um, I come from a single parent home. So it was just my mom and me, my older sister and my younger brother. And we lived in Manor Park. When we moved there, I didn't know anybody there. So it was just us. And when I went to certain clubs and things, I saw how the area was and how people was and everybody had somebody to protect them, if that made sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the brothers or cousins or family members or I would hear family names and I didn't really have that so I kind of I was scared in a way because I wanted to protect my little brother and I didn't want to be bullied so 
I kind of became that monster that fit into everybody else and everybody started to like me and I became that guy. So when they would see my little brother, they'll be like, no, 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 that's, that's, that's Wilson's little brother. Mm. And, and that way I thought I was protecting him. So I kind of became that person. But um, throughout that journey and becoming that person, I met this guy and I was young and he was like, he was uh, two, three years older than me. And he was cool and popular, but he didn't do anything everybody else I thought was cool was doing. So like all the, the, the smoking cigarettes and smoking weed and drinking and girls, and he weren't really doing all of that, but he still was popular. Do you know what I mean? He never done crime and he never done that, but everybody liked him. So I kind of gravitated towards him and he kind of, showed me the ropes and there was a guy that used to try bully me and take my ball all the time and he stopped that he put that to a stop and I kind of saw how he'd done that without violence and just spoke to the guy and this was all at a young age and I, I really admired him so after school on the rough day of school I would go and would chat and would hang out and that was for a couple of years and then when I was about 13 he was killed he was about 50 yeah two years he was killed the way he was killed was just it bugged me. It, it bugged me because after a day of cinema, him and a couple of friends, he walked all of them home and then he was on his way home and somebody thought he was somebody else and he got stabbed a couple of times and he died from that. Now, in my mind frame, he was good. Mm. No chance. So I'm thinking, what? That, that's not really an option for me now. Yeah, you know what I mean, and with no guidance, that 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 goodness weren't really an option for me. Even though I felt it and I liked it, it weren't really an option because I thought like, wow, that's how you survive, and it's like, wow. So from then, and everything, my mom, my mom kind of struggled with the money, and so being the oldest boy, I kind of thought uh, with this with this energy that I've got and with the friends that I've made and whatever they're doing, I can do it as well. And I began to sell drugs from a young age, and I'd done that for a long time, a really long time. But throughout that journey, I did try to do other things. So throughout that, I, I went to college and got a couple um, little things, but I was still selling drugs. And then I went to, uh, I got um, my youth work level three, because I wanted to do youth work, but I just, I was more focused on money. Money kind of tainted me at this, this point in life. That's what led me to prison. And to be honest, I'm lucky that that led me to prison other than anything else I did. Yeah. That led me to prison. And during that sentence, I was the same. The same person I was outside, I was the same inside. I'm not aggressive, but I'm I'm very bubbly and cool. I'm a cool guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm provoked. So I get along with most people. And I was just the same guy that carried on with selling inside and just I didn't really see no options for anything else apart from when I come out, how do I not get caught? Okay. And what year is this? Put me in the time frame. What year is this happening? I'm a bit rubbish with time frames, but I'll say about 2017. Okay, got it. About 2017. Okay. 
And I was just in there being a menace, but being my first time in prison, I told the person to just, I had this um, kind of person that would just look after a group of people. And I told them to put me on every single course only because I didn't want to be in my cell 24 seven. Yeah, yeah. Cause that was my, I didn't know how prison was. I've just heard about it. So I went on every course. I went on Alcohol Anonymous, um, NA, um, all these drug courses and all these other things. And they were just repetitive, just repetitive stuff. Like why is drugs bad? Because it, it hurts your body are oh, correct and simple things like that and to be honest i was like the class clown man i made everybody laugh That's <laughs> I, I, always, I always laughed in the situation because it was just i don't know that's my thing to do and um yeah then it came to this beyond recovery and i was already quite i didn't really like had judgment about the name only because of the big the recovery bit yeah, because yeah. thinks that they need recovery or they're broken or they're, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We only kind of see the, well, not we, I only kind of see that for addicts at the time. I was like, only addicts need recovery. And recovery, recovery, yeah. What's beyond recovery? Anyway, I went to this group preparing to be the class clown. And it was just, everything was just different and weird because these, we had these ladies and they're white ladies and they're just smiling and you go, oh. <laughs> that's mama J then, right? <laughs> that's mama J and them. And she, they got coffees and teas, their tea bags, sugar, loads of sugar and all that. And it's just all out. And in prison, everybody's taking a bit of that. Do you know what I mean? Everybody yeah. coming in the room for tea and leaving. And they were just so friendly and open. Yeah, come in, come in, come in. So that was a bit weird at first. And I'm ready to be the class clown again because I just, you know what I mean? I, I, I want to have a laugh. The more I laugh, the more my time just passes. You know what I mean? If I can have all my teachers email in right now to the show, they would tell you that I was class clown as well. So that's why I'm vibing. I get it. I get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so this, the class kind of continued and, what I really remember is she went into this story about um about her son, right? Basically, she borrowed him money and he was meant to pay her back at um a agreed date. And they come to the date and he never paid her back. So she said she was mad and she's furious because she needed the money and stuff. And then she kind of just threw it to the room and said, like, Ra, like, who who made me mad in this situation? So obviously everybody's in the room and everybody kind of knows the answer already. And it's like, what? And everybody's kind of like saying, it's your son, it's your son. Like, obviously he's meant to pay you, should have paid you, it's your son. And now everybody's giving advice on how, how to deal with him. <laughs> how to get her money back. Yeah. Her money back and everyone's just into it. And then she's like, the room kind of quiets. And then somebody else is like, how then? Like, is, do you know what I mean? It's, it's your son, right? And she's like, no, it's, it's her. So... In me personally, I had that, this lady's silly, man, what's going on? Do you know what I mean? I thought, oh, this lady, she's silly, like she's lost it. Of course it's her son. Mm. And she began to explain about how she saw it and if she didn't need the money and the different circumstances and the thought process. 
and from that day, I realized now that it was just pure curiosity I had yeah, into yeah. that. Because it was like, it's, it's like right now, if I tell you two and two is not four, you're going to say, how, how? <laughs> so, let yeah, me yeah. Know. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that conflicts with everything I've ever been taught. That's right. So I'm, I'm, I'm just in that state of curiosity. And at that time, I never realized how important curiosity is mm. and what curiosity is. And from it's that something kind of opened in me that day because I felt like, one, she, I'm putting on this mask, right? Because most people in prison, they put on a mask. And I put on this mask and this facade that I'm happy, I'm laughing, da da da. And I felt like they could see through that, mm-hmm. even though I had it on. So it's like, it felt like, why am I wearing all this face makeup and they can see through it? Yeah. I, it, it just made no sense wearing it. Yeah. And then the second thing was, it's not like they, it's not like we was differentiated in a class and they asked us what crime we did or who we, it was just straight communication. And another thing, sorry, that I forgot to mention in the beginning is she said, you don't have to write anything down. You don't have to, um, she said, you don't have to, you don't have to even get it. Um, she said, just listen for a feeling. What? <laughs> <laughs> that get everybody. That's the sentence that get everybody. Listen for the feeling. Like, wait, what? <laughs> and it's, it's that, what, so it, it, Yes, against everything that you kind of know as the teaching or classroom strategy or all of that. So it kind of just ticked my curiosity and I was in. And throughout that journey, man, it was weird because I felt I felt myself like I I consider myself a hard-headed person, right? Okay. So okay. if you told me fire's hot. I would say what this fire and put my hand in there and oh and like, oh it is it is hot. <laughs> like, <laughs> I gotta I gotta see if it's and so that's the same way I was. It was like okay. And it kind of slowly little things kind of quit like there was one time where I must have called my, my girlfriend from the phones and she didn't answer. And straight away I'm in my head. What's going on? Where is she? Is she all right? Is she not all right? Is she doing good? Is she not doing good? Is she? And my head is all over the place. And normally from that place there, we're straight arguing. It don't matter what's yeah. going like, yes. on argue mode because of my thought process. But at that time, it wasn't my thought process. It was her. Yeah. And one time I kind of just thought, you know what? I built up the whole thought process and then I thought, you know what? Let me just not. Let me just not, because we're just going to argue again. Do you know what I mean? And I didn't. And the conversation kind of went a different way. Yeah. I went on fight mode. Do you know what I mean? I went on argument mode. I just was on, do you know what? Let me just hear what you got to say. Yeah, yeah. I respond from there instead of where I think I'm at. And that was like the first one. And then from there... I was still a bit naughty and, do you know what I mean, and challenging. And I, I did a lot of basic time where they take away your TV and you're, you come out an hour after everybody else and everything's shorter. And 
I did a lot of that because I was a bit naughty. And one time they took my TV and stuff and Jacqueline gave me these books and they were quite, one was quite big and, and that's daunting for me. A book this big, <laughs> I'm not reading it. <laughs> I'm taking them and I know I'm not going to read them. But over the course of like two weeks, obviously I knew a little bit, but over the course of two weeks, I kind of taught myself to read and write. And I enjoyed it. Yeah. So, what? <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy because I always hated reading because I thought I couldn't read and I couldn't do it and, and I didn't want to do it. So I thought, I don't like it. That's not for me. But in that cell, over them, that basic time, I found out that I love reading. And I read the Modelo, and I love that book. That's like one of my favourite books now. Yeah, yeah. And I read a couple books, and I was writing letters, and I kind of just brushed up all of that. And it was weird for me, because over the last, that from before that, the last 20-something years, I told myself I couldn't do that. Teachers have tried to teach me and everything, and I told myself, I, I got these things, I can't do it. Yeah. I was able to just do it in that space and time when I was ready. Yeah. And from then it just progressed and I went back for more and I became peer mentor and I was just helping out and I just kept I just kept going to loads of their classes, man. Good classes. Well, let yeah. me ask you this. What kind of talk to me a little bit more about the feeling that was happening inside of you when you were starting to walk into those areas that for so long you told yourself couldn't be done. Like, what was it, what was literally going through your mind reading a piece of a book and enjoying it or writing a letter and enjoying it, knowing you had said for so long you can't do it? Do you know what? It's, it's I can't explain it, but a silly feeling. Yeah. <laughs> feeling where you look up into the stars and just think what you know when you're looking for your glasses but they're on your head yeah <laughs> i like that. that that feeling right there because you searched a whole house you turned the whole house upside down but they were right with you like yeah. right with you and it's that feeling right there that you just get when you feel these things yeah just, i love that so you you find your glasses on your head, right? And now we off to peer mentoring and kind of walk me through peer mentoring to your release from prison and what happened next. So for the peer mentoring, it was I was just kind of helping people see, just adding a different view. I didn't really feel like I knew too much or I was actually I didn't even feel like I was meant to get that peer mentor position. Mm. I just shot okay. up a few times. <laughs> okay. I up a lot of times because I liked the feed and I liked the group. I liked everything. So I showed up a lot of times. And I just managed to get a peer mentor t-shirt. So I was there even more. And I thought I was good, if that made sense. Because in prison, there's not much to do with. Yeah, they feed you, they provide everything, everything's there, they unlock you. So there's nothing you really have to do much. Apart from yeah. So it was, I didn't realise at the time, but it was easy to kind of let go of certain things I weren't in control of. 
Mm. And it was easy to navigate and I felt free, like just free. And that's the freest I've ever felt while I was in there. And I feel like as soon as I came out, that's when I kind of, it's like I started re-downloading things again. Yeah. Because I didn't connect with Beyond Recovery until at least about just under a year later of leaving prison. Okay. I thought that, do you know what I mean? I thought like, yeah, I've got this thing. I'm good. I don't need that I'm good. So I come out now and there was little challenges of like finding a place to stay because I wanted to get a place to stay, but the prison wanted me to stay an extra three months to help me with that. And I'm like, do you know what? I'd rather not. <laughs> I'd rather not. Appreciate your help, but I'm going to be good. <laughs> I left and my mum let me stay there and I was with my missus at the time and we were just trying to find a place to stay, no money. And it's running through my head. Like I know how to make money, but I don't really want to make money like that because yeah. I mean, it just didn't make sense to take risks like that. And I was just going through a lot of things like that. And my friends, they know I'm out now. So a couple of them, they're offering me stuff like, take that, get back on your feet. And I'm finding it hard to decline, but I decline them. And I'm just going through this, oh, there's a lot of things to do now. (laughs) I need need to I need to get a job. I need, oh, I need to get my license and everything's just, I need to get my mum rent and everything's just came down. I felt like it all came at once. So I tried to struggle for it, struggle for it, struggle for it. And then it's like a random day. I just remembered that there's open arms over there. <laughs> mm. so I, just, I gave um, Jacqueline a call. And uh, funny enough, they was having like a little meeting in central London. So I went over there and just started reconnecting with them. And I felt like it was a breath of fresh air. But the main thing that she alluded me to is it's not, it's not them. Yeah. Giving me that feeling. Yeah, yeah. It's it's what I take or from the scene or from whatever I'm creating yeah, to yeah. It. but it's in you yeah you and brought it yeah it's in you you brought it there and that's what i got confused because i thought why am i feeling certain ways when i know this yeah i wasn't allowed to be upset because i know this so i wasn't allowed to struggle or feel pain because i know this free principle stuff yeah then i realized i just had it all wrong yeah you know what i mean it's not something that you know it's something that we are like we are this explains it yeah yeah we are the free principles so it's nothing that i've i've obtained or i've brought it's that and i feel like that's when my discovery began Mm. because from there that's when i started hearing different things about it and uh, different people talk about it and different opinions different views and then i went to nottingham prison and to see the way certain guys responded to me, just being on the other side and just by my swag and the way I look and the way I'm standing there, they know that I'm not anybody else. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. How is he standing right there? Yeah. So they, they, they come and they talk and the same with Derek and they talk to us and they wanna know 
wow, how, like, just how are you explain here? Explain it, yeah, explain it. Help me understand. That's it. And yeah. from that curiosity, then you can start dripping a little seed and like, you know what, we run this, da 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 da, da come to this group, da da. And I realized without that curiosity, there's no point telling anybody anything. No. As soon as that curiosity opens, it's, you can plant a little seed. What did you see? Like, oh, it's like, it's like it brought me back to certain times in my life where yeah. wisdom was and wisdom, wisdom was. And I was like, oh, there. And oh, it was oh. like you had a family reunion seeing oh, like, oh, oh. Literally, like, whoa. <laughs> Even that time when, and it's little things where wisdom spoke and I just ran over it. And I'm like, oh, that was the wisdom right there. Yeah. That's and how I missed it right there. Yeah. That's how I missed it right there. And it's like, they come as extra lessons from the, it's crazy. Right? Oh yeah. No, no, I, I, bro, I get that because once you look back at it and you see that wisdom spoken, you didn't listen. You also still have the circumstances that happened to you as a result of not listening. So it almost begins to reinforce to you the importance of listening when you start seeing the whisper was there from the very beginning. So when you start looking at the whole life over, you're like, wait, man, if I'd have been paying attention or had had known this, (laughs) what would have been possible? You know, but then at the same time, what I love about it is regardless, I know the day. So whatever was possible then is possible right now. Exactly. You know, so that's what that's what I love about this understanding. So, man, let's do this. Let's um, let's talk a little bit about this award that Beyond Recovery um, just won for the amazing work that they do. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up and go from there. So um, COVID happened. Yeah. And our main thing was going into prisons and talking to people face to face because that's that's where it's at. Face to face talk and know everything's real. And. We wasn't allowed to do that due to COVID and just quick thinking, we just pulled together a meeting and throwing ideas across the table. And we came up with these distance learning packs. And it's funny because (laughs) when you're trying to deliver the three principles, you often think a lot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> think a lot and start contradicting yourself. And would that work? And you start judging and you start, yeah. you start using all of those emotions and feelings and creations to think about what it might do. Yeah. And we was doing that for a little while. And then we kind of just had that conversation. Like everybody just stop that. <laughs> just stop. Do you know what I mean? Just stop. Yeah. And just put love into it basically do you know what i mean let's just put love into it yeah we put love into these free um distance learning packs and we uh, got some funding for that to go on the prison radio to advertise those packs and yeah we we, was, we started handing out those packs we was getting phone calls and giving those packs in and out of certain prisons and a lot of prisons around the uk oh, and wow. a lot of good feedback and I feel like that's how we won the award because we just fought on our feet still for the people, just whatever. And even though we didn't know if the love would be portrayed 
in this writing, it was. Yeah. <laughs> I had the feedback in the in the packs. You could tell that wow. Yeah. Wow. You could tell the individual on the other side of this pack that wrote their wisdom is awoken. And it's just beautiful yeah. in these packs, man. You feel it coming through. As they're reading, just the way you put the words on the paper, the things you point to, you start seeing real quickly. It really isn't about the words. It's all in about that feeling. And then they, they that feeling hits them that there's no judgment here. That feeling hits them that I'm expressing to you from a place of love. And then that for them, it sparks that curiosity like we, we said. And, and once they get curious, oh, man, game on. That's it, literally. Game on, you know, so cool. I appreciate that. And again, shout out, man, Beyond Recovery, Mama J, Derek Mason. Who else over there we want to shoot out? Who else? We got Papa Olos, we got Gary, we got Kate in the background. We got, we got a lot of volunteers. A lot right? of them. Well, everybody over at Beyond Recovery, Inside Alliance, all those places that are in the systems, the prison systems, trying to, to point people to well-being. We love you. We thank you for that work. So, Omar, man, what is it, you know, if everybody was listening that you would want to say to them? First of all, I want to say I appreciate guys like you, man. I, I appreciate guys like you, Rob, because you're out here and you're just spreading this knowledge and this thing to a wider community. And I love that. I appreciate that, man. Good day long, man. And for the community, I would love to say I always thought in my head that it took two to tangle. But I realize now it takes one. And where I'm from, I've been waiting for people to do things and start things so I can help. And But I realize that it starts with me because I'm still in the same community that I, I, I was selling drugs in. But I'm now trying to do different stuff. I went to the community centers and I've been to all the um, couple of schools and I've spoke to a couple of people and we're trying to get some things together in the community just so people could realize their own well-being yeah own resilience because where I'm from I know that peer pressure is a big killer and people want to do things and I just want to show the boys around here that ego's not real and everything is a commodity you don't have to go and sell drugs or sell this to have something. Everything's a commodity. You can be a salesman. You can be an entrepreneur. You don't have to waste your life on these silly little things that you think are cool now. And then when you grow up, you're going to realize that it's not cool. But I would just love everyone to just not be scared of the experience. But um, yeah, no, I appreciate the space once again. Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more information about the podcast, please go to 3pgc.org. If you're looking for more information about how to become a practitioner or you want to be featured on the show as a new, fresh voice in the principles, send us an email at info at 3pgc.org. We'd love to hear from you. Knowing there is no end or limitation, nor are there boundaries to the human mind, have the day you deserve. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.